Last day of August here. We are just a week, actually a week and one day away from the start of the NFL season. Chuck Zada here on the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast. Mark Schofield continuing to wrap up a little bit of preseason scouting. Unfortunately, not with me today, but fortunately... I am joined by RJ Ochoa of Inside the Star, one of my favorite people around, the best Cowboys guy I know around. And RJ, it's good to have you here, buddy. Hey, man. I uh, I was on the Quick Kicks podcast the first day of August, so it's good to bookend it like this. I'm I'm excited about it. This is my month. This is I'm gonna unofficially tab this the uh, the August of RJ. I like it, and it it sounds good. RJ is not a name that really works with a lot of things when you sound it out like that, but August. You know, it works. I like it. I appreciate that. Honestly, August of Ochoa sounds pretty badass, too. Oh, man. And then you could just shorten it and go like A of O. I like that. <laughs> Let's get some shirts like the Inside the Pylon shirts. Now we are cooking. That is all we need here. Before we get started, just want to give a quick reminder to all our listeners that today's show is brought to you by Crossover Football, giving coaches the ability to break down game film to pull stats, searchable clips, tendency reports, and much more from both desktop and mobile solutions. To try one game for free, sign up for a demo at crossover.com slash pylon. That's crossover with a K dot com slash pylon. And you get one free breakdown when you sign up today. RJ, obviously the place to start. We, we got to start at the quarterback position for the Cowboys here. Obviously, you know, Tony Romo, we don't quite know how long he's going to be out yet. We don't know uh, what the exact situation and timetable is there. But talk to us about what you've seen from Dak Prescott to this point. And also, I kind of want to dig in, and maybe we'll save this for a little bit later, whether or not you see another quarterback potentially coming uh, in who's claimed at some point off the waiver wire. Well, obviously, this is a um, an unfortunate and unfortunately a familiar feeling for Cowboys Nation. You know, you come off of 2015 and the nightmare that that was. And so um, watching Tony on the turf in Seattle was a, was a cold and a despair-filled feeling, I think, for all of us. And, you know, unfortunately, man, the dude just he – he has not had the best moments on the turf in Seattle. I mean, you know, that, that, uh, that place is just meant, I guess, for him to endure sadness. And so I think that you look at this, and I'm not going to lie, and, and this is sort of the first time I'm vocalizing this, a part of me is – like 1% of me is almost relieved when you consider the way, you know, the the brief amount of time between the injury and between finding out that he was going to miss a length of time, you know, to be determined, a part of me is relieved because I think the thought of a potentially fragile Tony Romo out there was terrifying because if I'm totally honest, I don't think that Tony has looked like the MVP caliber player that we all know he can be since Des caught it at Lambeau Field at the end of the 2014 season. The, the few games that Tony played in 2015, he wasn't particularly spectacular, save for the final drive against the Giants in the season opener last year. And so I'm glad that Tony is almost forcibly going to have to heal and get to 100%. But that's an, an easy thing to do when you have a guy like Dak Prescott showing off what he has this, this preseason period. And I think that Dak right now, he's house money. He's anything and everything beyond what you expected a fourth-round rookie quarterback to be. And I think the Cowboys, I've, I've talked about this, I think that they have 
lucked and fallen backwards into Dak Prescott. They did so many things to try to get so many other quarterbacks in there. You know, obviously they had an interest in Goff and Wentz. They tried to trade up for Paxton Lynch. They were going to take Connor Cook. They ended up taking Dak, and they were still going to roll with Kellen Moore. I mean, you talk about hands being forced. The Dak Prescott era has been forced upon the Dallas Cowboys, and it appears to be a good one. Well, here, here's a question for you. So, obviously, the, the Cowboys, much has also been made of the fact that, you know, picking up Ezekiel Elliott, you've got uh, potentially one of the best running backs in the league as a rookie behind an outstanding offensive line for run blocking. And when you look at Dak Prescott, and again, this this was a defense that was kind of in the middle of the pack last year, but picked up some playmakers in the draft and potentially some guys who at least can make somewhat of an impact early on. And the question becomes, how much do you need out of Dak Prescott in order to compete in the NFC East? Do you think he's able to simply, and I, I hate the label game manager because it, it implies that the, the guy isn't doing anything, but do you, do you think he possesses the ability to just kind of handle things from that perspective so that the rest of the team can do what they need to do. Absolutely. And this whole situation has obviously highlighted Dak and put him under the spotlight and under the microscope. But I think the the true pressure here that, you know, we were, you know, deciding where it falls is on Ezekiel Elliott. Because to your point, I do think that Dak simply needs to you're right, game manager, bus driver, whatever. He just needs to survive, I think, is the best thing. And, you know, you have to count on Dak to make five to seven significant plays a ball game. And I think that he certainly has that capability. Obviously, he comes from a high pedigree of competition in the SEC. And the thing about Dak is, you know, it's been said many a times, this is the best situation that a rookie quarterback could possibly be coming into. Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield, this stud offensive line, Des Bryant looking better than ever, Jason Witten, the ageless wonder. Dak Prescott is sort of the weakest link on this team, which is no discredit to him, but it means that he simply has to be average and let everybody else be great. And I think that I think that we could do that if we wanted. And I certainly think that Dak has enough athleticism and he, he what he has shown that has been most impressive is a, a serious amount of poise the best drive I've seen out of him was the closing one to the first half in Seattle he handled it like a pro and that is truly his you know most distinguishable trait the fact that he acts like he's been there before and he kind of has in the SEC well, here, here's a question for you on that. Uh, I, I got this. I pulled all this info here from Mark Schofield, actually, since he is our resident quarterback expert. Mm-hmm. I, I only do kickers, so I don't. This is all a little weird talking about guys throwing the ball <laughs> and stuff. It doesn't quite compute. But you know, his his scouting report on Dak coming out of college was: look, smart guy, able to read the field well, make uh, you know, go through his progressions. Struggles a bit with accuracy. What have you seen from him this preseason? Does that match up with what you've seen in the limited action uh, that we, that we've seen him in the, thus far these three games? Well, I think that Dak had two of his best days in Los Angeles and at home against the Dolphins. And so he wasn't particularly inaccurate in either one of those games. But I think that we saw the Dak that we're going to see in in Seattle. And there were a few times where he overthrew guys. And, you know, I I think inaccurate is a great way to describe that. But I also would almost lump it as poor decision making. I mean, he tried to go up top to Cole Beasley, who was covered by Earl Thomas. And that's just not going to happen. That's a bad decision. And so I think that what makes Dak special, and by special I mean someone that the Cowboys can rely on to help them win games, is Dak understands how to minimize risk. And Dak understands, you know, probabilities and Dak understands what 
you know, he can and can't do and the risks he can and cannot take. The touchdown he threw in Seattle was a result of Jason Witten up against K.J. Wright. And that's your all-pro tight end. And Dak says, okay, the probability outweighs the risk here. I'm going to take that shot. And it works out for him. And I think that Dak is, is great at that in, in terms of measuring and weighing the potential inaccuracy versus the potential reward. And obviously, no one's going to have a 100% success rate in that regard. But Dak seems to be flourishing. And I think that that mental decision-making is what has separated him from the pack so far. Will Jason Witten ever slow down? Um, it's mind blowing. I think he'll slow down the day you stop being passionate about kickers. So probably never. Yeah. I mean, uh, the guy's what? 34 years old now. I think, you know, he's been catching, you know, 80, 90 balls a year for the last, I think it's, is this his 14th year or his 15th? I want to say he's 14 drafted in 2003. So, I mean, mean, the guy's been doing this since again, 2003. Like I think of where I was in 2003, I was in high school, man. Like, and, and, and it hurts me to get up some morning. So, you know, the fact that this guy's taking this punishment, you know, he, he's a tough guy. He hasn't, I don't think he, has he missed a single game in his career? He missed one game his rookie year. He actually had a broken jaw. and um, One I game? Believe, <laughs> yeah, and I, I believe he actually had to make weight. And at the time, Bill Parcells was the coach. And in order to get back on the field, he stuffed his pockets with weights because he, he had lost so much because of his his, his broken jaw. Yep. Um, and he did that to sneak back on the field. And that's the only one. If you remember a few years back, he would, tore or ruptured his spleen. That's still, right. Still managed to not miss a beat. He's just a tough dude. I'll say that. I mean, he is just a tough, tough guy. And again, you're talking about a guy with a 14-year career now at this point. Just north of eleven thousand yards receiving, uh, sixty touchdowns. I mean, what what more can you want out of a guy? You know, it's it's been amazing to watch, folks. I do want to give you a quick reminder that today's show is brought to you by Crossover Football, which can help coaches to win more games and make smarter use of the film room with your team. Crossover breaks down and stats out your game film, giving you searchable clips, advanced ODK tendency reports, and a wealth of other great information that you can access from any PC or any mobile device. Your formations and your personnel packages can be labeled with your own terminology, and you can create custom highlight reels and exchange video with anyone on any platform, including all your own players and all of your coaches. To try one game for free, sign up for a demo at crossover.com slash pylon. That's crossover with a K dot com slash pylon, and you get one free breakdown today. RJ, we just got through the first round of cuts going from 90 down to 75. Anyone surprising in that first round to you? Um, You know, nothing that uh you know particularly raises my eyebrows. All things that you can kind of see coming. Um, they finally went ahead and put Kellen Moore on injured reserve. That domino, you know, had been lined up for a long time. I think the most surprising thing, and this isn't necessarily um, a mechanical roster move, it's just that James Hanna is on the pup list. And that was something that wasn't necessarily anticipated in the OTA period. He showed up to training camp with a knee issue, had surgery. So if there's anything that is, is shocking, I would say that just from a setback standpoint. What about as we start to uh, head towards the eventual cut and I say eventual, I mean, we're only four or five days away now from the cut down to the 53-man roster. Where are some of the places that you're looking on this Cowboys roster in terms of uh, your bubble watch? Who might be on the bubble either way, either sticking on the team or potentially heading home? 
Well, I think a guy that a lot of Cowboys Nation has been in love with, and it's sort of a, an annual tradition, is you fall in love with an undrafted free agent wide receiver or wonder. And this year it was Andy Jones. And a lot of people were in love with his physical size and his physical gifts. He has just been unable to capitalize in the preseason period. He's dropped some important balls in, in every game. And he has survived up until this point. But I think, you know, it, it's just a, a math thing. It's just a, hey, we've got a preseason game on Thursday and we're not going to play a lot of important people. Andy Jones, we're going to give you a shot to go earn a job on an NFL team. And so I think Andy Jones is a guy who's going to be cut. Absolutely. The interesting person here is Jameel Showers, um, the backup quarterback currently, considering that Tony Romo is not of service. And I say interesting because Dak Prescott is obviously the anointed starter. And I do believe the Cowboys will claim one of the quarterbacks who are out there for the taking and potentially one that, that has yet to be cut that will be. But if they decide to carry Tony Romo on the active 53-man roster, I don't think that's going to leave room for Jameel Showers. And so that particular element, Tony Romo and what they do with him roster-wise, is going to affect his life, which is really interesting. I thought he made the 53 when Romo went down, but if they carry him, I think that's the end for Jameel. Any potential targets that you're looking at as far as uh, quarterbacks that you'd like to see the Cowboys pick up if they're released? The hot names are Zach Mettenberger, who is a, a fascinating human being and fascinating individual. He's got better hair than I have, man. He's he got, really does. It's beautiful. I mean, it is just a beautiful thing. I will never understand how he was not the greatest college quarterback ever, considering he had Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. But <laughs> right, I mean, um, so that doesn't particularly inspire me. A lot of people, um, you know, are, have fallen in love with Aaron Murray, a former Georgia fame, as a member of the Kansas City Chiefs. It seems like he is the odd man out there under Andy Reid's reign. Um, I think that the big names are, are guys that need to be considered. I think that Mark Sanchez, you know, there's lots of word, obviously, that the Cowboys have been interested. I think that a lot of that is is generally fluff and just trying to, you know, sell people. But, I mean, Mark Sanchez is, is somebody who I, um, I'm not as opposed to as most people. I mean, Mark Sanchez, you know. Whatever his uh, his mistakes have been, he has two seasons of experience most recently in the NFC East. And that's something that I extremely value. I mean, you consider that he, you know, if he had to play in a pinch, it, it might likely be against the Redskins or the Giants. And he uh, he has that experience. He knows what they're like. He's played in those stadiums. And I, uh, you know, I can't believe I'm at a point where I'm sort of endorsing Mark Sanchez. This is a weird world. You're just you're talking yourself into it a little bit. You're just you're, you're just you're, you're getting yourself ready for the chance that it might happen. What's what I find interesting about Sanchez is you know he's a guy that obviously came into the league in 2009 with you know a lot of hype around him. I mean coming out you know fifth overall pick by the Jets and obviously hasn't lived up to that standard. I think, but as you mentioned, you go back and you take a look at how he did in 2014 put up capable numbers which as we talked about at the beginning maybe capable is all that you need with this Cowboys team mm -hmm. absolutely I mean you know people think that the difference potentially in a Tony Romo list world is that Dak Prescott is better than the uh the holy trinity of Brandon Whedon Matt Castle and Kellen Moore and I would completely argue against that. While I do believe that Dak Prescott is more talented individually than any of those three, I think the difference is Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, having him back there, I think that you could take Brandon Whedon or Matt Castle or Kellen Moore, not that I would ever want to again. But I think that that single factor, and you know, I'll even throw in a healthy Des Bryant, make it so that whoever it is, you know, 
you're right, doesn't have to do a whole lot and just kind of has to manage things and not set the kitchen on fire. And the fact that Dak Prescott is a better chef than anybody else, I mean, you know, helps for the whole overall meal. Talking with RJ Ochoa of Inside the Star. RJ, the last time that we chatted, before any of the games had started, you know, we, we had kind of said, okay, here's some guys that we may be looking at this preseason. When you take a look at what's actually happened now, who are some players that have made or that appear to have made a little bit of a jump from uh, 2015 and that may be poised for a bigger role on this Cowboys team this year? Well, you know, he's not necessarily a young pup. He's probably a well-established dog in terms of, you know, puppy life. But Morris Claiborne, and this is sort of an annual tradition also, but I'm buying into it far more than I ever have. Morris has been if we're being totally honest and calling a spade a spade, a liability at times and not just out there in coverage. He's been a liability in his attitude. In 2014, he was benched for Orlando Skandrick and he infamously left Valley Ranch in a pout. And Morris Claiborne has come around and he has challenged Des Bryant. He has beaten Des Bryant. And he seems to have made the jump to being the potentially, I don't want to say elite, but very good cornerback that they thought he could be when they traded up for him in 2012. And when you consider that Orlando Skandrick is returning, so it's really Morris Claiborne and Brandon Carr fighting it out for that secondary spot in the secondary. I think that Morris is going to display the physical gifts that he has that not a lot of people do. I mean, this is a guy who the Cowboys rated and ranked in terms of their own evaluations as high as Deion Sanders. And so I think that that type of player is going to rise from the ashes that you know were his own 2015 season and show us what he can be. And I think that's potentially a serious lockdown corner, provided that there's enough of a pass rush that he's not out there for 7 to 10 seconds. Outstanding. Well, RJ, unfortunately, we're out of time, buddy. I got to say goodbye, man. Hey, it happens. You know what, though? We're good pals, and we can hang out. It'll be all right. This is true, and the best part, we only have about a week to go until we get a little bit of NFL action coming up. Was it Thursday next week? I think we kick off with that cow- with the, uh, not Cowboys, what am I talking about? Panthers-Broncos game, right? It is the uh, the debut of Trevor Simeon, and I'm excited. The you know the NFL's back. This is the best time of year. It really is, and I'm so pumped. I'm so pumped. I'm so I'm already designing menus for game days just for to have the best food possible. What's your uh, what's what's your go to usually? Well, usually I like um, I'm not a, you know I love queso. Don't get me wrong, but I okay. like you know some sour cream chips with some French dip. I really enjoy that. Um, and then I like to bake some ribs. I'm a big fan of grilling, obviously, but yep. uh, I like to, to slow bake some ribs and uh, throw some potatoes in there and some white rice or something. And I use, you know, it's, it's a whole process. I like to prepare the meal and eat it. Oh, in yeah. That small, that small window between the afternoon games and the Sunday night games. So I'm not missing any football. Oh, that's not bad at all. I usually, my go to, the two things that I typically do, I do a little seven layer dip. You know, something oh. like that, just just for a little bit of pregame snacking and stuff like that. But right. then I usually go, especially because, I again, I kind of try to, you know, make the whole day, you know, kind of a, a full day of food and everything. I go with a nice pulled pork that I do a little, uh, you know, slow cook that all morning and everything for about eight hours. And then it's oh. pretty much ready to go by that four o'clock game. Chuck, I need to come over for a Sunday. Come right over, away. buddy. Do, it's, it's, I usually do a six-pound pork shoulder. You know, it's, it's, it's got your name on it. Okay, if, we're, if I'm coming over, we're upping it to 12 pounds, just so we don't take any chances. What we'll do, I'll do two six-pounders, and actually, so it, this is actually great. I can talk about this now, because we're actually doing it. So my fiance and I, we just uh, registered for our uh, wedding, for all our gifts and stuff, right? Congratulations, yeah. Thank you. One of the things that we registered for, you'll appreciate this, it is a, uh, a branding iron 
but it allows you to put different letters in the brand so you can brand each person's steak with their own name. So I'm what oh I'm going to do, I'm going to brand a pork shoulder with your name on it. And it'll it's, just be waiting here for you whenever you come up. You know, my whole life, it's been a, a luxury to have a short name. And I think I've been waiting for this moment. <laughs> I've been, literally had. I know RJ I got enough letters. This <laughs> yeah, this is it's worked out. It's It's been worth this whole time. Well, RJ, it's been great to have you here. And definitely we'll catch up soon. And we'll get you back on uh, probably in the next few weeks. All right. Hey, thanks a lot, man. Anytime. Y'all have a good one. And you guys are just doing incredible work. Keep it up. Appreciate it, my man. RJ Ochoa from Inside the Star. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. Make sure you go and visit Inside the Star just to check out what they're doing over there. Done for the day today. Mark Schofield does make his triumphant return tomorrow. So I'm told, unless the quarterbacks take a little longer to evaluate. We'll be back tomorrow on the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast.